It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. How you doing, old friend? I'm fine, Bill. And yep. Thank you so much. Yes, it's been some time. We were uh, deeply involved in trying to understand this a year ago. And I, I think we're back in the same place, Gordon. You wrote a piece in Newsweek magazine. Here's the headline. Stop China from getting a civilization-killing pathogen. That's dark. What do you mean? I mean that China is actually working on pathogens that will leave the Chinese immune, but will sicken and kill everybody else. Uh, The 2017 edition of the Science of Military Strategy, which is an authoritative publication of China's National Defense University, actually talks about a new type of biological warfare of, quote, specific ethnic genetic attacks. That means uh, it's going to just go after the rest of us. And that means that China could end up being the only viable society after the world's next pandemic. Um, There have been a number of writings from Chinese military strategists, and all of this is in the open, that discuss um, how World War III will be fought primarily with biologicals. And there's been a number of other articles that talk about China's biological weapons strategy for the next conflict. So um, we've been warned. Mm. How do you prevent this? Uh, First of all, there are a number of ways. One of them is that uh, we have to impose costs for China spreading COVID-19. Chinese leader Xi Jinping um, deliberately lied about the contagiousness of this disease, telling the world it was not when he knew that it was highly contagious. And at the same time, while he was locking down China, he was pressuring other countries to to accept passengers from China. So by locking down China, he knew that he or he thought he was stopping the spread of the disease, which means that by forcing other countries to take arrivals from his country, he knew that he was spreading the disease. So this was malicious. Mm. Now, if China thinks it can get away with this, it will spread another disease. Mm. Um, So we've got to impose those costs. Now, Uh, President Trump talks about I mentioned your Newsweek piece, and I took a lot of my questions from it, frankly. It's very interesting. runs about three and a half pages printed. Did you see the Vanity Fair piece that came out a week ago? It runs 40 pages when printed. Yeah, I skimmed it. Okay, um, so, you and- know, you, Gordon, you and I are, are knee-deep in this stuff now, trying to understand it. I don't know if there was a ton of new information in there, but one thing that stuck out to me, I didn't realize there were only three labs in the world doing this type of research. One's in Galveston, Texas. One's in North Carolina. And the third is in Wuhan, China. Don't you think that would have been relevant for us to understand through either the media or the public when we were going through this 15, 16 months ago? Sure. And the other thing that we should have understood was that there were Chinese military researchers in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And China was actually very open. In January of last year, they sent they they said they sent General Major General Chen Wei to head the P4 Biosafety Unit at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, and she is described as China's top biological weapons expert. And so uh, that was a clue to what was going on in that facility. Joe Biden has told his intel community to get back to him in 90 days. You make a strong case. Why wait? Yes. Why wait? I mean, uh, 
The U.S. intelligence community is highly politicized. They've gotten China wrong for decades. So why should we wait until August 24th? I think the important thing is to declassify information. We're Americans. We can figure it out. And I think that that'll get us to the place where we need to be. Waiting 90 days is just delaying. And I don't see, you know, how that helps us when we have Americans who are dying every day. You know, as of yesterday, there were 598,760 Americans that succumbed to this disease. Why should we wait 90 days while more Americans die? Mm. Lawrence Livermore Laboratory, east of Oakland in Northern California. You, you read what they came out with the other day, too. They, they talk about uh, a lab incident. Um, have you concluded, or can you, or anyone conclude, if, if you subscribe to the lab leak theory, was it intentional or accidental? Well, first of all, we don't know 100% that it was a lab leak. But as Secretary, uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said on Fox, all the evidence points in that direction. And he's absolutely right about that. Um, I sort of, I, I know a lot of Chinese people, people in China who actually think that uh, Xi Jinping deliberately leaked this. I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because China doesn't have a vaccine. Um, so uh, that I think is a clue that uh, this was um, this, this was just an accidental leak. Um, there have been accidental leaks from China's um, bio labs all the time. As a matter of fact, SARS, the 2002-2003 epidemic, was fueled by additional leaks from Chinese labs. So, you know, um, that's where I think uh, most of the evidence right now points. Mm. You're not an epidemiologist. You're not a doctor. Uh, I don't... I don't want to get too technical with my questions here, but all the talk about a wet market has dissolved into the background. Maybe it comes back. I don't know. But you ever been to a wet market? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, Which one? And uh, I've been in Hong Kong and uh, in Shanghai, where uh, Lydia, my wife, and I lived for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're pretty gruesome places, but you get fresh food, so that's why people go yeah. there. Uh, I've been and, to the one in Guangzhou, right, uh, across from Hong Kong, about three hours by train or boat, as memory serves, so you're in Canton. And it, it's right. something else, Gordon. Uh, you can, uh, you know, turtles and snakes and uh, <laughs> you name it, <laughs> they're all there. Yeah, it's better than going to the circus. Um, yeah, and, and conditions there um, in China have not really been sanitary, so you can understand why there are, you know, a possibility of zoonotic transfers from animals to humans. Um, but in this particular case with COVID-19, nobody has been able to find the reservoir of SARS-CoV-2, which is the pathogen causing this disease, and no one's been able to document the transmission links. Now, it is true that for other diseases, it's taken years to find those links. And in some cases, they've never been able to find them. But this doesn't help the idea that there was a wet market uh, leak. I mean, there was a wet market uh, zoonotic transfer. So right now, I think that when we see the circumstantial evidence, um, it really does point to a lab leak. And also, there's more and more evidence from virologists who are saying that uh, the virus was spliced. Well, that's that's an interesting point here. So you're saying, though, that we don't always have proof of transmission from animal to human. Is that right? That's right. I think Ebola, for instance, they have yet to track that down. But clearly, these do take time. But 
And there was an intensive search, and China had every reason to find this, and so far they have not. And that's an indication that, uh, you know, the zoonotic transfer, which virologists uh, love, this, they love this theory, it very well may not be right. Mm-hmm. So it, there, there is still a chance that this can be proven, however, that it did pass from animal to human. That is, that is still possible. Still possible, yeah. Um, this is not a 100% theory of a lab leak. It's just that most of the evidence now points in that direction. Okay. And there's one thing, Bill, that, that um, is just so damning, and that is China, which is, has this incentive to sh- be able to show a, uh, a zoonotic transfer, has been doing its best to cover things up. Um, and there's just a series of events going back to December 2019, showing that China really tried hard to prevent the international community from learning what happened. And, and that's a real sign that this was a lab leak. A um, couple of questions here that I, I, I'm going to jar your memory a little bit. When did China give the map of the genome to us and the rest of the world? Do you recall I'm assuming this it, is January 2020. It was January 2020. And this shows China tried to prevent the international community from learning about it because they mapped the genome um, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I, I forget the date, um, but I've written it down because I've had um, I wrote an article on this. It was sometime around like January 2nd, January 3rd, um, but they wouldn't release it. Now, independently, a lab in Shanghai actually mapped the genome, but they were not given permission to release it. And finally, when they realized that the authorities were not going to give them the permission, they just put it out on two public platforms anyway. And the day after they did that, their lab was shut down, even though it had received a clean bill of health by inspection authorities three or four days before. So that's another indication yeah, of bad the, the, faith on the part of the Chinese government. The reason I'm going back over this now is because a couple of days, a couple of weeks for sure, during that critical time, that, that was the difference between life and death for a lot of people. And whether it was early January or late January, I think in hindsight really matters now. Well, it, it certainly matters. Um, so, and here's something else that is um, critical, and that is uh, China told the world that COVID-19 was human-to-human transmissible on January 20. But doctors in Wuhan knew that this was highly contagious, no later than the second week of December. So there's five weeks there. And during that time, um, doctors at the WHO knew that this was highly contagious because, uh, for instance, Maria von Kirchhoff, a senior doctor there, she's a MERS specialist, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. She says, this is coronavirus. It is really contagious. But China, through the WHO senior leadership, told the world, no, this is not. Don't worry about it. And they did that in a January 9, 2020 statement and the infamous January 14th tweet telling the world, don't worry about this, not transmissible, based on evidence from China. So we know that China lied and we know that the senior leadership of the WHO, despite what their doctors were saying, were tried, tried to put the world at ease on something where people were dying. You, know, you mentioned the Chinese military. Why is that important to have some connection to the military inside well, the lab in Wuhan? Well, for Beijing, really, what this is, is a military program. They're developing pathogens for warfare. And that is a prohibited program because China is a signatory to the Biological Weapons Convention, 
which prohibits biological weapons research. Hmm. And there were U.S. taxpayer dollars, not a substantial amount, about 600000 I think, on an annual basis that could have found its way into the virology lab in Wuhan. Uh, actually did find its way there. Um, and that was a grant from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which was headed by Dr. Fauci, gave a grant to Echo Health Alliance, a New York-based NGO, for the purpose that um, that 600000 or 800000 um, was uh, meant to go for bat coronavirus research in China. Remember, this was research that was prohibited in the U.S., and Dr. Fauci says, well, I, I didn't authorize gain-of-function research. But what Dr. Fauci doesn't tell the American people, and which he has an obligation to tell the American people, is that there were research papers that were issued um, from uh, the research at the Wuhan Institute that clearly showed that there was gain-of-function experiments taking place with bat coronavirus research. So whether Fauci authorized it or not, it in fact was happening. If COVID was so infectious in heavily populated cities like New York, why did China not see other significant outbreaks in cities other than Wuhan? Can you explain that? Um, well, you just mentioned Guangzhou. They've got a significant outbreak at this very moment in Guangzhou. And um, China's had outbreaks in places like Beijing, uh, Shanghai, uh, probably Chongqing, um, though we don't know that for sure, but certainly in about five major cities um, surrounding Wuhan. So um, it has occurred. And we know that China has not gotten over this disease because periodically it, it pops up all over the place and authorities do their best uh, to try to, to stop it. But they haven't been able to solve this. But they do have a vaccine. It's called Sinovac, I do believe, correct? Is may not be as and effective. And for others. And for others. Um, based on what I understand, it's not as effective as, say, a Pfizer that we've been using here in the U.S. It's barely effective, and it may not be effective at all. From their phase three trials, um, they have um, like a decent effectiveness number, like 60 or 70 percent. But that was a very small trial dealing with young people. When they um, had trials with the elderly, um, the Chinese vaccines are not effective at all. They're well below the 50%. Some are, you know, 30%. Some are close to zero. And the other thing, Bill, is that China's been very reluctant to show um, their phase three trial data as to the safety of their vaccines. Hmm. You're listening to Gordon Chang. Our topic is COVID and finding out the origins of it. This is Hammer Time. We'll continue in a moment. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Back with Gordon Chang. Terrific insight, sir. Thank you for being here. Just a few more questions. You said earlier in our conversation that you do not believe it was a deliberate leak because there was not a vaccine available to put a leak down if you had to deal with that. Now that's, that's, that's very intriguing to me. So if that's the case, then one would be led to believe if you think you started in the lab in Wuhan, then that, that leak would have been accidental. And the evidence for that would have been the three researchers who were sick in November of 2019. Do I have that possibility 
accurate. Yes. Um, and they, they were hospitalized with COVID-19 like symptoms. And um, just a few days after we learned that, um, we also found out that the wife of a researcher at the Wuhan Institute was uh, sickened with COVID-19 like symptoms and she died. Hmm. Okay. So Lindsey Graham said, I don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this one out. Do you? Yep. No, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. Um, what we know is that uh, China um, decided after wh- whatever, whether it was a lab leak or whether it was a zoonotic transfer, in other words, a natural mutation, we know what China did um, in the December and January, uh, December 2019, January 2020, to spread this disease. And that should be enough um, when we now have almost 600,000 people who have succumbed. Um, this was an attack on the world. Uh, first time that one country has attacked all the others. And we've got to do something because we've got to convince Chinese leaders not to spread the next disease. Mm, you, you talk about this major general who went to the lab in Wuhan in late January. If, if these people were sick in November, what, why would he wait two months to go there? Would, would that suggest that, okay, if it did happen there, it was indeed an accident? If your intent was to make this virus as deadly and tra- as transmissible as possible, then would you not be suspicious before late January? I, yeah, that's a great question. And we don't know a lot of the deliberations um, going on inside China because there you do really do need to be Sherlock Holmes or at least somebody with a lot of uh, signals intelligence. But we do know a couple things, Bill, and that is um, the ascending General Chen Wei. I think she was sent there to clean up evidence of a leak and probably clean up evidence of a biological weapons program. But her being sent there is just a few days after the Communist Party announced its coronavirus task force. That was January 26. And what was fascinating about this was it's a nine-person task force. Only one was a public health official. The rest were party hacks and, and propaganda workers. No, what, what is, sorry, In other words, propaganda officials. What does that mean? It means that for China, the most important thing was controlling the narrative. It wasn't um, stopping the disease. And so you then have um, Chen Wei being sent to Wuhan. Probably she was there as part of that narrative of trying to make sure the world did not blame China. Wow. Gordon, thanks for your insight. Gordon Chang with me this week on Hammer Time. We shall speak again, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hammer Time. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.